welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. Bang, bang, what is up, goalies? I'm your host, Mike Santaguida. Welcome back to the show, the Goalie Hacks podcast. And if you're just joining the program, uh, welcome to the show and and welcome to what I hope uh, you know most are starting to consider as a you know next level podcast just just filled with amazing tidbits and, and content you you can't really find anywhere else you know solely solely focused on goaltending development and we don't talk about gear here we don't talk about all the beauty times we had with our our buddies away from the rink right we talk solely about goaltending development you know what it takes to get to the next level and all the goalie hacks. Each guest has available for you guys to help elevate your game and make that transition to the next level much smoother and much faster so you can avoid the headaches and burnout and get back to having fun, you know, playing the game we love so much. So with that being said, uh, and today and as always, we try and continue with that strong reputation uh, by bringing on longstanding and over uh, plus 20 year goalie coaching veteran Shane Clifford. And Shane has had an opportunity to coach in just about Every league at the next level in North America over his career from junior to college all the way to the NHL as well. And we dive deep into some of the great uh, goaltenders Shane has had an opportunity to work with, including Carter Hart uh, and several others. He name drops so many guys and I think you guys will love and, and what really separates him and all those other guys from everyone else. Uh, what exactly kids at the minor level can expect when making the transition to junior college or pro. Uh, best routes for kids to take, diving into the major junior versus NCAA conversation. We haven't had that in a while. And we dive into several hot topics, including our rapid fire round, and then dissect something Shane is most passionate about sharing. And this episode turned out awesome, and Shane is just a great guy who's you know been around the game for quite some time, so it was a privilege to have him on. And I'm excited for you guys to hear this one today, so make sure to stick around all the way to the end of the episode to catch all the details in this one. You won't want to miss it. And finally, if you guys uh, heard from last week, additionally, I've re- I've recently teamed up with Pete Fry, the goalie mindset guy, and one of the best goalie mindset coaches in North America, working with tons of amazing goaltenders, you know, uh, just finding success at the next level. And we had him on the podcast not long ago, but I convinced Pete to start developing some new content for everyone and to put on some some free, completely free webinars for all our Goalie Hacks community members for the next few weeks. So, although last week was short notice, this week on Thursday, April 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, he will be hosting a webinar on strategies to recover and be just as confident after not making a save. And that's his, um, you know, the way he words it, uh, uh, you know, getting scored on. So when you get scored on, when you don't make a save, uh, you know, how do you recover and be just as confident? And this is one of many webinars Pete will be hosting. Uh, So if you're interested in attending, just head to the link in the episode description to register or the link in my Instagram bio as well to get the link to join in on the Zoom session this Thursday. And additionally, Pete will be showing how goalies can get access to the Goalie Mindset Academy program complimentary and free of charge on the webinar so if you're interested in getting inside look or exclusive complimentary access to the academy make sure to tune in thursday and make sure to also keep your ears uh ears open going forward uh, for the next few weeks as pete will be hosting several never seen before presentations on several topics pertaining to developing elite mental performance for goaltenders but with that being said let's jump into this week's conversation i know you're going to love the chat Shane and I had today. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Goalie Hacks podcast. And joining me today is an incredible guest who spent close to the last 20 years coaching and playing at the next level all over North America. And that gentleman is Shane Clifford. And after retiring from briefly playing in the ECHL back in 2003, he started his coaching career off in the NAHL, coaching for the Pittsburgh Forge. And since then, Shane has gone on to coach for a number of incredible teams uh, across an incredibly wide variety of next level leagues. Uh, across North America, and he's been a goalie coach in the in the NHL, the WHL, the OHL, ACHA, NCAA Division One, USHL, NAHL, and USPHL as well. And he's been coaching goaltenders at the next level for almost 20 years now. And this year joins both the Youngstown Phantoms and Sioux City Musketeers of the USHL and the Pittsburgh Vengeance in the USPHL Premier League as their respective goalie coaches. And I really could not be happier to welcome him to the program today to chat some goaltending development. Shane, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. 
I'm doing great. Just got home. Uh, we have uh, five pit bulls here that we re- that we uh, rescued. So <laughs> I just got done feeding them, and life is great. Right on, man. Right on. That's great. I'm. Uh, I love that five of them. You got you. They're all rescue. How come you're so into that? Actually, I don't know. I I just like those dogs, and you know they're like goalie pads. You just keep acquiring them. So <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop, eh? That's like uh, that's like my girlfriend. She's she's like the same thing. She's got a a, a soft heart for a soft spot for the animals, and she's always like, "Can we take it? Can we take it?" So good for you, man. But obviously, right on, and great to to have you on the show. Uh, and really happy we could connect. It wasn't really sure you you saw my message you know, when I reached out to you initially, but, you know, shout out to Rob Liddell from uh, My Crease Goaltending up in Michigan for su- suggesting Shane as a guest and uh, was super pumped. You know, when I looked into your background and knew you could just bring a ton of value to the table after having coached at the, you know, the next level for so long. But despite, uh, you know, COVID and recent memory, we, we just chatted about it a little bit, but you know how have things sort of been going with your teams and your goaltenders and, and what's the plan for the spring here? Well, yeah, it's, it's been a, kind of a crazy deal. I'll give Rob Lydell a shout-out to a tremendous coach, uh, very talented, and uh, he's just a great guy. So I'll give yeah, him a shout-out. Sure. But, you know, it's, it, you know, it, it's uh, been a weird kind of deal here, you know. Um, yeah. When the USHL is playing, the Erie's not playing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it, it's been – you go there and you work with the goalies, and sometimes you have a game, sometimes it gets canceled, but – I yeah. think in uh, the USHL with Sioux City, COVID's kind of went through every team in the West because the West is only playing the West and the East plays only the East. Right. So it's been through everybody. So there's no been no more cancellations, which is good. And we're on a seven-game winning streak. We have Akira Schmid as our goalie. He's a draft pick of the New Jersey Devils. And, uh, Congrats, Alex, unreal. Yeah, and Alex Tracy played in Johnstown last year, and he's been, he's been doing a great job too. Yeah, yeah. Have you uh... – so, so you guys have actually been playing. How many games have you played so far? I'm going to say 47, but I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's well, it's a, a pretty significant amount of the schedule, though, eh? It is, and we're, you know, we're just fortunate to be able to, uh, to uh, you know, keep everybody safe and keep testing everybody. And and yeah. uh, and, and the USHL, you know, congrats to them for, you know, because they were playing before the Western League and any league, and they kind of oh, yeah. just said, hey, I think we can do this and do it safe. and you know, to this point, it's been like that and it's been very happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right on. And, and I wish you and your guys, obviously the best of luck as we move it in the spring and, and hopefully a playoff, a nice playoff run for you guys. But uh, let's jump right in and, and get going with the show. Uh, but maybe you can just start off by, you know, briefly sharing a bit of, of your story and your background and how we got to where we are today. Well, it's uh, kicked around in the minors, did that for a bit. And uh, I moved to Pittsburgh and, um, was actually going to welding school and started nice. started teaching some lessons and then it just kind of I was always passionate about it, still am and I don't know then kept coaching some goalies and doing what I could do and then started doing lessons and just kind of you know built like camps and we had four creases uh, around Pittsburgh with real ice and yeah we kind of started from not much but we're we just keep plugging along and try to get better every day and pretty fortunate to do that and the only thing that i think you missed uh earlier in the show was um was i've coached over in europe and france for a couple of years but i oh yeah pretty, what years uh 2008 or 9 i think and 10 yeah this this is these elite prospects in hockey db they always miss stuff <laughs> sorry yeah and people ask i'm like well i just i've been really really fortunate i feel very fortunate you know if you just name a league i've probably been able to get the opportunity <laughs> to coach into, which is great. And I feel fortunate to do that, but yeah, NHL is fun. The AHL is fun. I coach in Johnstown, the East coast league. Um, it's been, it's been a great ride. Yeah. And I mean, uh, obviously your resume speaks for itself, but I kind of want to, you know, I kind of want to dive a bit into your, you know, right away into your coaching philosophy and, and just some of the major areas you focus on with your goaltenders uh, that you, you strongly believe in and, and maybe why you believe in those concepts so much. I think the first one to me is skating. Because we have, we do lessons here in Pittsburgh. I said we have four facilities, but and it's not the funnest thing to do. I know we tell the kids that all the time, but you know the players are so good, they're so fast, their hands are so great. Yeah, they 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 attack you from the goal line, from behind the net. They shoot, they screen, they tip out high, they throw puck you know pucks laterally. And one time you get lateral feeds and you get flat feeds. So the way you're going to combat any of those situations is through a goalie specific movement. 
So what's hard about our sport, if you're a baseball player and I, and I say, hey, man, I can throw the ball 100 mile an hour. That's unreal, right? Well, yeah. in our, our sport, if you'd have to be able to throw the ball 100 mile an hour with both hands because we got to be able to slide right to left and left to right, and you got to be right. equal. So it's if they're big moves, and they just take a lot of time to uh, really get them to be you know, ambidextrous and be able to do be good on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then just diving a bit into the skating, there's, there's been this kind of rise in what I would say is like, uh, unconventional kind of skating that force like a goalie's feet really outside of the comfort zone a bit. Maybe you can just detail what you think about that stuff. And then also maybe the stuff that you do with your goaltenders that in terms of drills and structuring them to really develop that skating better. We don't do any crossovers or anything like that. We just kind of stick to the meats and potatoes of things. Um, so we, but we, you know, basically if you, we do our, um, our, our butterflies rotating it up with the proper leg, and then we're going to obviously T glide and shuffle. We're going to yeah. lateral, lateral adjust, which is our on ice mobility. Um, we're just going to, and, you know, keep hitting those things, you know, quite a bit. Cause that's really kind of what we do to combat every situation. So, yeah, but like right. I said, if you look at one side, most kids are way better going one way they are the other. So For sure. we kind of try to make those equal. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then a second pillar for your philosophy, what is it? Fundamentals, man. Everybody wants to talk about this and talk about that and talk about this and talk about that. But then you watch NHL goalies all the time. Stick with now. He's got five hole or he went to his VH too early or RV, sorry, too early. You know what I mean? Or he didn't get his feet set, kind of fell away from the puck and got off angle. So, you know, everybody talk about as much as you want, but makes, what makes a pro and, you know, Adam Shield at North Dakota and the guys you I work with, what makes them so much better? They're just better at the fundamentals. They're more, mm. you know, they just do them way better than everybody else. And Carter mm. Hart is, is just the same way. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, the whole team's having a tough time, it seems like, right now. But, you know, with him, he just does the fundamentals better than anybody else. Yeah, and, and, and maybe you can just detail out to you, you know, obviously you gave some examples, but specifically some certain fundamentals that maybe you you think that are absolutely necessary when you encompass this idea of fundamentals i think pushing hard and stopping hard's huge yeah um i think you have to be accurate with your rotations because if i'm if i go back in a straight line to my post that might give me one little extra head check you know what i mean so now i know that guy's over there on his one-timer side instead of getting there because you know as is when you get there and you get there late now you're going to chase it until you catch up with it Mm-hmm. So it's really a, a kind of a hard deal as far as that goes. So that's kind of what's going on. You know what I mean? I really think it's just fundamentals. Yeah. Yeah. And then regarding like some of the things in the fundamentals there, you know, maybe a little bit simpler, like your stance and positioning, like uh, what else, what else do you look for? Well, I, there's, I mean, this could be a conversation for three days, but I, oh, I think, for sure. But I, I, I like, you know, and this is kind of my style. I, I, I like to pull the value out of you. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, got it. With me. <laughs> so I, I think one thing is um, a lot of kids are too upright in their stance. And then when the puck comes, then they get ready and their head's dropping mm. a foot and their head's not still and they're trying to make a save. It's hard to have my head drop a foot and me mm. still be accurate with my hands. Um, a lot of people just don't simply have their hands in front of their body as much. Um, it's amazing when you go to shoot a puck on the ice and watch a goalie just make a simple stick save. Yeah. And a, lot of, a lot of them have a tough time with that. They shouldn't, but it's just something, just a fundamental that you have to, uh, you know, keep up on. Yeah, but I think, yeah. you know, setting your feet, making sure you're square to pucks, getting both pads down, sitting upright in your butterfly. I think those are all fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, everybody seems to be kind of crouched down, then their elbows get away from their body, and then pucks go through them. Either they're five-hole because their sticks, and they're, you know, usually – if I'm catching my left hand, my stick's going to be in that side because my body's hunched over or my elbows get away from my body and pucks go yeah. through me in the net. Or you get shelf because you're just making yourself simply too small. So, I mean, to me, your your butterfly has to be good because if you're watching it, you know, listen to this podcast, you obviously probably are interested in goaltending. But my neighbor yeah. across the street never played a day of hockey in his life, probably knows that you're going to that the goalies are going to butterfly. So you better <laughs> You know what I mean? It's it's predictable, yeah. right? So you better it's have your angle. Sco- you better have your angle. You better have your square, and you better have your depth if you have time to get those things. I gotta get uh, both pads down and maximize net coverage with that. Yeah, yeah, and, and I like that you brought up sort of the hand positioning. That's been a, you know, typically a lot of the people who provide some feedback in the show love when when coaches talk about hand positioning. So maybe you can just kind of detail, you know, how you teach your guys and. and ultimately like where the optimal optimal spot is that you kind of would like them to be in terms of elbows projecting the hands you know what i mean what, what what's that to you i think just your elbows are generally touching the side of your body 
and obviously her eyeballs are in front of her body. So I think yeah. when your hands are, your elbows are touching the body, your hands are generally far enough out in front of your body. And the biggest thing is your stick. When you go to make a stick save, you, the puck has to be able to clear your pads to get to the corner. A lot of people have their mm. hands too far back in, so their puck hits their stick, hits their pads, and leaves a rebound. And the, obviously the player's sticks are on the ice, so any time that that happens, that's a puck that can return to the net. I'd rather not put it in the net, but I'd rather just get it in the air. And that way if yeah, it even yeah. hits somebody, you still have time to rotate and push over. It just gives you more time. But, yeah. I, you know, the hands or elbows, you know, probably touching your sides out in front of your body. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then maybe your, your final pillar of your philosophy, uh, uh, that you have, if one. I, I, to me, I'm going to go back to skating. I mean, that's really my biggest pillar. Yeah. Um, I, I, so we talked about it. And then my second really pillar would just be just doing the butterfly. And it's funny because, um, another thing I would, one thing I'll add is everybody talks about angle square and death and you get these, I went to Warren Strayler with that USA hockey camp they used to do. And, uh, you asked, Spencer Knight or some of these kids are there and you're like, Hey, what's an angle? And they're like, well, they always tell you what square is. They don't, yeah. you know what I mean? So angle to us is being in the middle of the net in relation to the puck mm. squares, toes, hips and shoulders facing the puck and depths distance from the goal line. And they're mm. totally three separate things. So we, you know, we, we talked about that a little bit, even with my guys in Sioux city this year. So if I can't say your angles off, you got to know what it is for you can fix it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then you started out your, your, you know, uh, your coaching career in the NHL and then moved on to, uh, the WHL for the Everett silver tips. Um, and, and then filtering down a bit more into some more junior leagues across North America. I mean, you coach in the, the USHL, the OHL, uh, USPHL premier league as well. And, and, uh, you know, you've had enormous tenure in the USHL and WHL, but, in general, where do you typically see, you know, goalies struggle the most when they're trying to make that transition either to the major junior or tier two junior levels across North America? Well, we're going to talk about skating again. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I know it's, I'm sitting there talking about the same thing. And it's, it's, but if you can't skate fast enough, because they're going to make plays. Like you go to the yeah. USHL, those kids are going to make plays on you. They're going to throw sauce over two guys' stick, land at one guy's stick, and go to a guy on the back door, and he's going to one-timer net you. Right. So, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, uh, you got to be able to skate well enough to, to combat yeah. that. And then the other thing I think is everybody talks about reading the play. I, I think your ice awareness has, mm. it doesn't have to start out, but it's definitely have to increase and get better as you, as you go. And what I mean by that is just like if the puck's in the corner, just taking a look on your backside and seeing who's there, if they're close to you, one timer, not a one timer, they're farther away, that kind of stuff. Yeah. How do you, how do you, I like how you kind of brought that up because I, it's actually something not many people bring up is ice awareness. Uh, cause at the next level, that's such a huge part of, of reading the play. So maybe you can just dive a bit into, you know, how, how you kind of develop that with your guys, how you help them develop reading the play a bit more and, and developing that ice awareness more. Well, every time they hit the post, we always, we're talking about, we want to head check. I mean, I'm on them all the time about head checks, head checks, yeah. head checks. So, um, we we're definitely on top of it since day one, we get there. And then the second thing we do is we, even when we do a drill, we'll do it. We'll throw a head check, even though there's nothing there and we'll yeah. go do it. You know what I mean? So, Hey, hit this post head check. And then we're going to just get him in the habit of doing it. And then mm -hmm. we're going to finish our drill up. Mm -hmm. And then, and then regarding like reading the play, um, I mean, that's just an enormous part of, and I think that comes with experience as well, but you know, for, for maybe some students, cause obviously you're not working with just, you know, you have your school and you're not working with all USHL guys, you're working with younger kids too. So how do you kind of articulate that to them and, and, and develop that in, in, in those younger kids who haven't really found that yet? Well, the younger kids, it, it's, it, I think even goalie coaches, we have to keep in mind, it's a development process. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to teach a nine-year-old or RVH. I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to tell a 10 year old about head check. Yeah. You know, it's, it's about skating and fundamentals, you know, moving with your stick on the ice, having your hands out in front of your body, you know, pushing hard and stopping hard. It's all those things that you kind of, then you kind of, you know, just build, it's just a progression really. So I think that's kind of part of that. And then, you know, one thing with the older kids too is, and I don't want to use the word lazy, but they forget how hard you have to push and stop in between the plays and between the, you know, puck being passed around. So you actually have time to get your shot preparation. So if I had to give any of them any advice at the, if you're 15 or over is you got to push and stop and you have to do that hard. And you, because sometimes they'll just kind of push and they're just getting there as the puck is being shot yeah. and you have a better chance of getting scored on. But if you push hard and you could obviously you get your angle quicker, you get square and you have a little time for a little more depth, but that makes a big deal, especially with the way those guys shoot pucks anymore. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess, um, you know, we, we, we talk about a lot of physical things and, and when I kind of ask a lot of coaches, they give me the, you know, the, a lot of, Hey, what do we need to make it to the next level? We talk about th physical things, but for the junior level, you know, in terms of mindset, right. So for kids at home looking to make that jump to, to junior hockey in the near future, you know, what, what's, what kind of mindset should they be developing? That's, that's going to help them make that transition much easier when they get to juniors. You know, I think they have to spend, well, when you go to the USHL, most of those kids like have been the best players on their team since they've been there. But now yeah. you take the best player from the top three teams and that's, who's going to be playing in the USHL. Mm. So, you know, they got to be prepared to get in there and oh, I work hard. Well, you know, coach, I'm, or I'm sick of hearing that because every kid in that room works hard. You know, my grades yeah. are good. Well, their grades are good too. So, but my next point to that is I think that they have to be, they're going to fail a little bit. Mm. And when they do that, they just have to, you know, let's say I get shelf. Now I can't start pushing in front of pucks and doing all this crazy stuff because I got shelf once. You got to stay with your structure. You got to stay with your fundamentals and believe in what you're doing and keep mm -hmm. doing it over and over and over again. And I think the next part of that is, you know, eating right, sleeping right, um, working yeah. out, having Absolutely. a having a high, nice hard practice. That now you know you're prepared. So now I'm going to be confident that I can go out there and do my job. So yeah. I think that's part of it. But when they fail, they just got to realize, hey, you know, I, I'm I'm going to get in this league. It's a good league and. Every goalie, I don't care if you're talking about Carter Hart, Carey Price, even we'll go Patrick Waugh back in the day. Everybody's not going to be the greatest every day. But if you show up and you win the day, then most of your days are going to be way better than not. So it's it's about putting in the work and and, and taking taking it serious. Yeah, and I, I like how you said that, you know, because and just kind of pertaining to myself, you know, and I'll, maybe I'll just drop a bit. Like when I was, you know, when I, I'm from Ontario, we had the OHL draft, got overlooked in the draft, and then, you know, was kind of sour about it. And then what happened was in the spring, I went out to like uh, tier two camps and I got lit up and I just remember failing and being like, you know what, like I, I need to get better. Right. I need to like figure out what, what's missing here for me to make that transition. So, you know, and, and, and I, the reason I say that is because how we approach failure, how we use failure to our advantage, I think is very important. We have this, I feel like we have this culture like coming up where everybody's like, oh yeah, fail, 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 but fail often. But like, you know, you got to be proactive about making change like that. So regarding failure, because inevitably in a goalie's career, it comes, you know, how do you embrace failure? How do you deal with failure? And then, and then what do you do constructively to, to uh, make sure that doesn't happen next time and then move on and try your best. Right. Well, and that goes back to, you know, winning the day and doing like, if you're eating right, sleeping right, working hard on the ice, working on your game, doing your, your film study, uh, watching your games and doing everything you can do to get better, you're going to have way more good days than bad days. Yeah. So it's just about keeping up. Now, mentally, I'm not a psychiatrist, but there's so many way, different ways that people deal with it. Like I've I've played with guys literally that are putting shaving cream in a towel. So when the guys <laughs> come out of the room, they wipe shaving cream all over themselves after they just played a game. They have to get back in the shower again. Um, and then I've got I've played with guys that won't even talk to no one during the whole day. Right. It's just really weird. So we had a kid, Jeff Harvey in Everett. And he was, he would just show up to the rink on game days and he'd just be so miserable. His, his teammates were like, Cliffy, I can't stand this guy on game days. He's lucky he's good. Or I literally would, I'd, oh go, fi I'd go fight him right now. Um, <laughs> so I, I, like, it's crazy. So I just pulled him over and I'm like, hey, dude, listen. Because um, he worked actually with Kim Dillon Ball that summer before I met him. Kim's the, yeah. the guy in Philly, very talented goalie coach. Yeah. And, and he's like, Cliffy, I'm just, I want to be good this year. I've never had any, 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 um, you know, success in the playoffs and, and that I'm like, dude, chill. I said, you, you, you had no, I watched your tapes. You had no structure last year at all. You were a mess. They'd shoot a puck. You'd get one pad down. They'd shoot a puck. You'd get both pads down. They'd get to shoot a puck. You'd stand up. You had no idea. You have, a, you, you got your good structure. Now you're fine. Just relax and do be miserable and be focused for one hour of the day. That's all I need you to do. Mm -hmm. When you come to the ring, be relaxed. Just get your morning skate in. Let's do our, he was 10 pucks to the glove, 10 pucks to the blocker, 10 stick saves. To, you know, that, he just did the same. Yeah. Just do your thing. Yeah, just do your thing. Get off the yeah. ice and here, let's go. And they, yeah. and it was, it was way better after that, but everybody's so different. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Goalies are an interesting bunch. Obviously. I mean, you've been in the business so long, eh? No, man. <laughs> And then uh, when I, I actually, uh, Pete Aubrey played at Mercyhurst and then he went and played pro for 10 years. And then yeah. he's actually a development guy for the Blackhawks now. And during yeah. game days, he was, he, he was just kind of quiet, chill. And then he would, on his warmups, he had 
because um, I had to, I backed him up a couple times. There's one drill they did that uh, the rapid fire. He's like, "You're doing it. I'm not doing it." I'm like, "All right, I'll do it." <laughs> so, but that's that's his deal, and then he'd go out and kick thirty or forty out of night, and we'd win. So yeah. it was good. Yeah, no, it's uh, having that kind of neutral, calm temperament. I mean, and and uh, you know, <laughs> even to the goalies out there. Obviously, we got to do what we got to do, and I think that it comes with the territory. Obviously, right? Like you said, everybody's so different, and everybody's brain is so different. But you got to kind of find a way to to gel a little bit with the team because obviously you're going to war with everybody, right? Well, that's exactly it. So I think you know the next thing is like some of us goalie coach. I think we overthink stuff too much too. Yeah. So a guy walks in a hash mark, just goes bar down on your glove. Well, we should have stopped that. Nah, you know what? We got sniped. It's going to happen. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So get a drink. It's going to happen. <laughs> and by the, and the, the sad thing about this thing, we the last time it happened. So, you know, sometimes they get yeah. out, they get square, their, their shot preparation's great, their angle's on, and the guy just beats them with a shot. I just tell them, guys, I mean, the top three inches of the net, I'm not even worried about. Someone beats you there, you got sniped. Let's don't overthink things. Let's just go. Let's now, let's have him come down and do that same shot again. It probably ain't going to happen. So, yeah. uh, you know, let's just don't overthink things and let's, let's get back after it. Yeah. And then, and then of course it's, it's also recruiting season coming up now. And I know a lot of parents and goalies are probably wondering, you know, uh, what to do if they're looking to make that, that jump to junior, right? So in terms of the recruiting side and, and getting exposure or like an invite to camp or even just, you know, reaching out to see what the goalie situation is like, what should goalies and parents be doing like this off season to find a good opportunity to try out and, uh, you know, have a chance to make a squad. You know, that is a great question. Uh, <laughs> it, it, the, the honest, it, 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 hockey's just so weird because there's so many different ways you can go about things. For sure. But but just to be honest and realistic is if people aren't talking to you through the winter, they're probably, you're not just going to show up to a camp and make a team general. Yeah, yeah, at for those sure. Levels, you know, I mean, so, and if you think about it logically, and let's say me and you're a head coach right now, you better, you better, and I'm going to say, you better, you better know who your goalies are going to be, or you're one out of four you're going to take because, you know, if you don't have a good goalie, you got no chance at those levels. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. that's part of the deal too. So I think um, hopefully you, you play in a, um, I tell everybody, don't play in the witness hockey league protection program. What do I mean by that? You got to play where people are going to see you. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Right. And then the next thing is, is, you know, you're going to have good days and bad days like anybody else, but you know, you never know who's going to be watching you in the stands. So you got to show up and be ready to play. Um, it's funny because uh, Andy Johnson sent me to watch a kid. He gets three shots, three goals, and he's out of the game. Okay. It's our, our, our GM in Sioux city. Right. But I, I didn't get all wound up. I was like, well, that's a, that's a tough, tough deal. Two yeah. of them are like really right from the hash mark. And then the other kid made an unreal breakaway save. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't just write him off the list. Andy's like, Hey, sorry about that. I'm like, Andy, no big deal. He got beat from the hash marks twice, right? Which were great shots, and he got beat by an unreal, you know, um, backhand. So I went watching the next time, and he kicked out like twenty nine out of thirty. So yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're in those leagues that are, you know, you know, Compuware, Detroit, and and uh, in Chicago, and yeah. you know, Pittsburgh, where, where they, you're going to get watched, and people are going to see you. So you just have to play in league where people are going to see you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, and this is something I didn't really plan on asking, but it just came to mind. Obviously COVID's happened, right? A lot of minor hockey teams haven't really been playing. What's your take on spring hockey for, you know, prior now, and then maybe you can, you can just, uh, what, what's your take also on getting more exposure, using spring hockey to get more exposure to like junior teams and stuff as well? Wow, great question too. I don't know how many people are going to go watch, like in the USHL, most of those teams are going to lose. Three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So a lot of the guys are just simply aren't out scared. They're not out scouting in the spring. They just yeah. scout it all winter. Like Andy Johnson, our guy in Sioux City, he's probably going to watch five hundred hockey games. If I said I'll pay you a thousand bucks to go watch one game, he'd probably tell me no. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's he's done. So I, I think part of that is, um, you know, with the goalies, and the thing I'll tell you is. Um, we do lessons through pretty much the end of May here, and then we don't do them after that. Yeah, we do them here and there with you know, but we don't do you know. We got some kids that'll come and skate from out of town or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, and but the reason we don't is you know with all the hip stuff going on with you yeah know, downtime right. You got to have your downtime, and and if you're really serious about playing junior hockey, you know your your season ends in April. You got May, June, July, and probably the half of August. 
that's all you got to work out to try to get stronger for the next year to go compete with those kids right. and, and to get ready. So yeah. that's not much time. So, and now if for goalie coaches, it's bad because, you know, and kids have to skate some, but I, I wouldn't just jump on the ice with my buddies in the summer and go do 300 butterflies for no reason. If I'm, <laughs> I'm going to jump on the ice and go get better, you know, working Rob Liddell or whoever you're working yep. with, then go do that. Cause that's going to make you better. But I don't want to just jump. And I, and, and yeah, then the next part of that is our kids and you want to have fun at this game. Cause this game is the greatest game and the funnest game that's ever been played on that God created, ever created. So yeah. there's that part of it too. So you just have to be careful with all that because it can really, you know, you, I just tell people sometimes like you could literally put us in a room. We could count $100 bills until we, you know, couldn't count on more. Sooner or later, we're going to fall asleep. Right. You know, something's going to, I can't see straight or whatever. So you only got so many butterflies in you too. So you right. have to, you have to manage that pretty well. I think so spring hockey, I'm not a, not a huge fan of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I, and I will say that, like, you know what? And, and I, I just had Matt Smith, another guy on my podcast and we kind of talked about it. That's why I brought it up. Because prior in the past, you know, I, I like my dad put me through so much spring hockey. But then I said, you know, granted, I think it's just different now. I think the hockey's harder. I think I like you you even said it, there's a huge uprise in hip issues. Obviously, goalies have but it, you're seeing a dramatic increase now because you know, you, you look and I mean you're you're looking at the minor hockey levels too. The development at those levels is exceptional, the speed you know, the, the speed of the shots, even right. Uh, everything has sort of turned up pretty significantly. You get that drip down, obviously from the NHL as that gets better, but you know, you, 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 but now you get put into a situation too, where you're like, well, we haven't really played hockey all year, right. Because of the spring. So I'm, I'm kind of on the, I'm kind of on the fence. Like I did it. I don't think it's necessarily great nowadays to go crazy with it. Right. And I mean, you even said it, right. A lot of junior coaches and stuff like that, they're, they're burnt out from the year. Right. But I, I, I find it an interesting, uh, obviously hot topic considering COVID and everything, right. That, that transpired this year, you know? Yeah. Now this might be the year if you're going to do it to do it because maybe you didn't play enough games. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. that, that could be part of it. And, and you brought up a good point with, but I think, how old are you? I'm 28. Just okay. turned. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm 50, but this is the deal. When I was playing, you practice one day a week or two and you played one game or on the weekend or something yeah, like that. Now right. the kids practice, they're on the ice literally six, seven days a week. Cause in Pennsylvania here, you can play on your high school team and you play your trip away. Right. Now you're on the ice literally, you know, six days a week. So you gotta, you definitely need a time to, to, to chill out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of the body. And, and, uh, you know, I, I would even go as far as to say is a lot of, a lot of the things that they're even doing at the junior level, like you talked about lifestyle, nutrition, you know, recovery, stuff like that are big topics that typically come up at the junior level. You know, I almost recommend kids start getting into that at the minor hockey level now. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's becoming so hard on the body that it's, it's, it's becoming almost non-negotiable at the minor hockey level. Would you agree with that? I would. I think that's a great point. I think, and the other thing is, though, in the winter, I think you have to hit it hard. It's just our sport. It's the way it is. You got to do your yeah. lessons. You got to, you need to, you know, I, I think in the summer, if you hit one camp or two a week, you still got to do something to get better. I, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But I think, um, you know, like you said, it we just, it's just way, there's way more involved now than when, you know, I was playing or maybe you were playing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I guess moving on to your, your tenor in college hockey, you know, coaching D1 and, and club hockey as well. Uh, uh, accumulatively about three years, but uh, at the college level, division one level, where do you, where do you see goalies, uh, you know, struggle the most when they're trying to make that transition from, from juniors to college? Well, at the college is, it's really weird because the thing, question I get literally the most that beats me up the most is do I go college or do I go major junior? Mm. Um, Let's hear it. The hot well, topic, baby. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a hot topic for sure. You know, there's pros. Like everybody says, well, if you go to major junior, they'll do this. Well, I know kids that go to college and play four years and literally play five games each, yeah, each year. It's very there's not, unforgiving. There's a, yeah, there, there's no games there. There's not enough yeah. games. Now, yeah. if you're Jake Hillerman at Michigan State playing every, every game, it was literally the best four years of his life. Yeah. But there's kids that, you know, I think there's 15 goalies or something like that in the transfer pool right now because they don't like their situation because they're not playing. So yeah, I, I, I think people miss that part eh, about how unforgiving college hockey is like even in junior, if you don't fit in somewhere, you can go get traded to another team. But typically, like if you're if you're you know, there's a lot more cuts going on, you know, like when even when I was at the University of Vermont, you know, we had 30 guys, you know what I mean? So they're, Did you really? they're yeah, they're making cuts like 
it, it, nowadays, like with the college hockey, they're over recruiting like crazy. Each team only gets 18 scholarships and they, they're divvying it up even more now. You know what I mean? Where, where you're giving out a quarter to 30 kids versus kind of, you know what I mean? Like, obviously not that dramatic, but anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. No, I, you brought up a very good point. Now, look, I'm not bashing college hockey because For sure. you know you go to Ohio State, Wisconsin, those big schools, you're flying on private planes. You literally are living the life of a rock star and you get <laughs> yeah. treated unbelievable. Yeah, and um, it, it's a great, and it, it's the best four years of your life. So I'm not, but I'm just saying as a goalie, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta be, kind of ready for that. And then yeah. if you, you know, but I've seen kids, you know, go there and then another coach comes in, they get cut, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. um, or, you know, they say, well, you know, or they recruit over top of you. So, you know, everybody thinks that's the only way to go. We had Michael Hauser. He just played at London and he just backed up an NHL game with Buffalo and mm-hmm. he, he, he went major junior and uh, him and Aiden Campbell both told me, oh, I'm going major junior. I don't, I have no interest in college. I'm like, well, why not? He says, well, they're, major junior is still going to pay for my college. Yeah, or yeah. they're going to knock it down so much it might cost me three grand a year to go to school. Yeah. And he said, Cliffy, Aiden Campbell said, Cliffy, Erie Otters, I'm going to go there. And if I stink and I'm no good, I'm still going to play 25 games a year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because they had so many games you made your junior need to use your backup, right? Yeah, he's like, I'm going to play 25 games if I stink. I'm off. I'm still playing 20. So, you know, when he told me, I just started cracking up. Um, And he was like, I just, you know, I want to play games. And he said, then I'm just going to go to Canadian college or whatever. I don't don't have much interest in college hockey. There's just not enough games. And then Carter... Carter Hart was the same way. He's like, Cliff, I have zero interest. He yeah. said, look, I'm going to eat right. I'm going to sleep right. I'm going to run hills. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do all that for five games. I am not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did you work with him a lot, Carter Hart? Yeah, we're, we're tight. We're very tight. Uh, what, what, went, what years did you work with him? Uh, his whole, whole career in Everett, I was there. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, we'll actually – We'll jump into him a little later in the conversation regarding some of the guys that you've been working with. That's very cool. Okay. I didn't know that, but uh, um, yeah, I, I, maybe we can. We, so, obviously, to tie up this this little conversation here, you know, you're on the major junior versus college thing. Maybe you can kind of just detail. Hey, what do you think each route's good for, and why for for certain people? You know, I think it depends on all kinds of stuff. But then, hey, but, you know, I, I just kind of not bash college hockey a little bit, but yeah. I've had kids go to the O, they play two or three games, and then they're cut. No one else picks yeah, them up. Same thing, right? You know, same thing. So then we have, you know, um, I can't think of his name, but he's playing for Tri-City this year. He went to the dub, didn't work out. Now he's playing in the USHL, and he can still go to Canadian college. Um, but anyway, he, he picked uh, Todd Scott. So he picked yeah. Major Junior. He was in the USHL, went Major Junior, didn't work out. And he actually just scored a goal the other day, I think. Um, no way. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, ripped it from He's like way end. more lately goalie goals, eh? Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. I was just lucky <laughs> to get – I got it in the glass and got back on my net as quick as I could. But um, <laughs> So, like I said, I, I can name either way that, you know, pros and cons to it. I, you know, if you're looking at the NHL, there's no question that Major Junior is the better way for a goalie to go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But like I said, it, it, either way, I, I think you just have to figure out what you're really trying to do what your goals are, you know, what your situation is, you know, cause some kids, you know, you know, you get a, cause in the state, if you're from the United States and yeah. you can, and you can go to Michigan and they pay for your school and you get out of school with no college loans. Mm. Like that's a, that's a huge deal. My neighbors, he's 43, still paying on his school loans. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We it's had, uh, ridiculous now. Yeah. We had Timmy Hinrod. He go to Northeastern. They had a coaching change. I think he played 20 minutes in four years. It was wow. not a very good time. But my point being, he's like, hey, these guys were dumb enough to pay for my school. So that's what they're going to do. You know, they're like, you can yeah. transfer out. He's like, no, I'm not transferring out. You know, yeah. you're paying for my school. And he's, you know, but he just made a business decision at that point. And literally, he, yeah, for sure. He, for he, kind he, of professional life after hockey. Said, yeah, so he's like, I ain't paying $500 just for school loans every year. So, you know, in the United States, if you get that, you know, that's a big deal here because it's oh, yeah. obviously the school so much more. As you know, you're from Canada. It's yeah, the school is way there. more affordable up here. It's probably why uh, the, the 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 major junior leagues are willing to pony up a little bit of money, right? Imagine they have to do it in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, they do for the like for Aiden Campbell, they might have to, but yeah, it's it's <laughs> what forty sense. grand a year. You know what I mean? So it's crazy, crazy. So I, I mean, can't 40, forty grand's on the low side these days. <laughs> exactly, that's, that's community college now, but yeah. So I can't say which one's better. I really think it depends on the kid and yeah. what opportunities you get. 
Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, well, maybe we can jump into, you know, your 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 time with the Pittsburgh Penguins in the NHL and, and regarding the elite talent, you know, that's recruited for that level. But but, you know, what do you think are some of the most important characteristics that, you know, NHL goaltenders possess that allow them to be successful at the next level compared to everybody else? Obviously, we talk about fundamentals and stuff like that, but maybe from a mental standpoint, like things, the little things that really separate those guys at that level that allows them to have long, successful careers. You know, I, they're, you know, honestly, I think they're just probably better athletes than most people. Everybody, yeah. for, everybody forgets about like, you know, um, you know, if you take some of these football players that run a four three forty, and if you watch them run like the wind, and if you just far just taking just athleticism, how far they can jump, how high they can jump, how fast mm-hmm. they can run, like they're unbelievable athletes. Yeah. And everybody forgets about you know when you're a goalie, the better athletes, some things are just easier for some people. Why? Because they're just a better athlete. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I take Jake Hildenbrand at Michigan State when he was there. Uh, um, I went and watched him play a baseball game one time, and he struck six kids out in a row, and then he wow. hit hit a baseball or two about as hard as you could hit him. He just hit him right at people. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he could have been a def- defensive back at, at football. He was just he was just a great athlete. So, I'm um, thank God he picked playing goalie because I think that's worked out pretty good for him. But <laughs> at the sure. end of the day, I mean, everybody thinks you – know, everybody talk about what they want, but sometimes people are just better athletes than other people. Yeah, and maybe on the on the mental side of things, you know, it, uh, and we talk about compete level a lot on the show. You think that some of those guys that just seem to be better athletes also have just like a next level of compete inside of them that no matter what they do, they just want to win? Well, that's part of, I think that's part of it. That's a great point. It's not something you can, I don't know if you can teach that very much, but some kids just want to win. And I yeah. think that's, you know, their competitiveness and that's definitely part of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we've been doing a little bit of a, a different segment lately here. Um, and, and this are, we, we've actually jumped into a bunch of hot takes in the episode so far, but this is a rapid fire round. So I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of uh, rapid fire questions and you pick either or. And uh, if you feel compelled, you can fit something else. And then, and then afterwards, we'll kind of jump into things. So you ready to go? Yeah, let's go. All right. So wider neutral stance regarding foot position. Why? Uh, hands projected forward off your body or hands to the side. Forward. Uh, straight or curved T pushes? Uh, straight. Upright or, or super crouch back position in your stance? Upright. Uh, boot inside post, skate on post, or, or sweet spot in between pad and skate when you do the RVH? Skate blade on post. Uh, should you challenge or stay deep on point shots with traffic, yes or no? Challenge. And uh, should you look over or under through screens? That depends on the goalie. Yeah, so beauty, let's dive into it. And uh, there are a few, few there. We had some uptick in, in the tone, I, I guess you could say. In the, so are there any of those things that – you know, any of those themes that you feel passionate about discussing with, with everyone and sharing your take on? No, all of them are, that's a great round of questions. Um, but there, it's, it's hard to pick one thing. Now I said wide instead of narrow stance. Well, if you get too wide, then you can't move. You know what I mean? Yes. So yes. obviously in goaltending, you're always walking that fine line. Yeah. Right? So everybody, everybody's got their thing with that. So yeah, not, you know, I think, um, and then when you talked about, you know, depth on a, um, you know, screen on a screen, yeah. a, a screen or yeah. If you stay deep, there's more net, but you obviously got to be on angle. So mm. I just play it like normal and I just have them, you know, deflect the puck around me. If they do that, they burn their goal. So, and when I talk about depth, I don't mean real aggressive. I'm talking probably back of the skates, top of the crease. Yeah. 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 For sure. But rather than like mid crease, you would want to be at the top there, right? I think you got to get as close as you can and deflect her because if you stay back, there's just yes. more room for the puck to get around you. Yeah. Yeah. And I have that same, same mentality. Maybe you can kind of detail, you know, last episode of the guest we had on Ian Gordon, you talked about his kind of uh, how he deals with traffic, his system on how he deals with traffic. And I think that kind of clicked really well for everybody. So maybe you can just detail a bit yours as well, if you don't mind. Well, I just try to, I know there's traffic there, but I try to play it as normal. Let, let, first, let's don't freak out. You're going to have people in front of you all the time. Yeah. Um, get your normal angle, get your square, get your depth. And then you got to try to read where the puck is going, where it's released from. And then, you know, play it accordingly to that. If it's off to the side, you're going to have to probably slide in front of that. If it's struck shot straight, you're going to butterfly and just try to, um, you know, position yourself well to a, maybe, maybe you have, maybe they miss it and you react to it. Maybe they, um, you know, tip it. You just don't want it to go through you. And if it goes mm-hmm. around you, I mean, Hey, they, they just made a good goal on you. So I try not to overthink it. I think you have to push in front of them a little bit, but my biggest thing about traffic is I don't want to, 
uh, if it's going to my blocker side, I don't need to slide all the way to the corner and have them deflect it back to my glove. And now it just glove side now it literally mm-hmm. rolls and hits in the middle of the net. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you're, if you're going to push in front of stuff, it's got to be a calculated push, more of a shift. But I think you have to be very careful of those because, you know, if you do it a little too far, then now you're sliding one way and the puck gets deflected, hits a skate, hits a stick and goes the other way. Then it, you're, it's going to take you so long to get back on angle again because you're going the wrong way. So yeah. I, I think there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Um, but I, I think just you got to be able to read the release. And then I've had guys, uh, Rob Ador was a Vermont goalie. Oh yeah, I worked with yeah, him. A lot. I know him actually. I did, we don't know each other. Well. You know him? No, I worked him forever. Yeah. Oh, he's a good guy though. The, he's the awesome. Briefly, time I met him. Yeah. But if you watch him move around the net, like his his quick twitch, just a little bit flurry, quick twitch. You know what I mean? I think it took. <laughs> I think it took. If I'm, let me think here. You're making me think. It makes my brain hurt. I think flurry was. There's 30 video frames in a second. I think it took flurry six to start reacting. So <laughs> yeah, you know, right. like that's one thing that. You know, Rob was about that too. So he could, you know, he looked under and he still made saves. Flurry looks mm-hmm. more over. So it's hard to say which one is better. Just, you know, I think you have to make guys just not be so stuck in one way. Hey, let's, let's go on the ice. Let's do 15 looking under. Let's do 15 looking over. Right. And then they kind of get comfortable with it. And then sometimes they end up doing a little bit of each, depending on who's where and what. And just, but the biggest thing is I don't like, just don't drop and, and hope it hits you. What I want, I mean, sometimes you have to, I get that, but you got to battle for sightline. So that's what it being compete. You got to find that puck, man. Mm-hmm. So I've had, like I said, guys do both and they've been very successful with it. But as, as um, goalie coaches, sometimes I think we can't get too stuck in our structure. I mean, it, that's important. I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I think I'm a huge technical guy, but I think yeah, for sure. um, with that being said, every goalie, when I go work with, you know, OHL or whoever division one college or this guy or that guy or who this or that. Um, one thing you have to do is every goalie has its own set of physical attributes. So you mm-hmm. can't say this is the way to do that. Just now I'm not talking about rotating, getting up on the proper leg. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got yeah, Alex, yeah. Alex Tracy. If you come down a bad angle, he's going to VH you, That's which is, thing. it's just weird. It's like, what you did? What? VA? What? What? You know what? It almost, it almost throws shooters off these days because they're all looking for their RVH, right? Yeah. And it's like, no, he doesn't, he just puts it in a, and he stops them all the time. So now I'm not going to take that. Now, if he using that and gets beaten, then we're gonna have to talk about it, but he uses the right time. He's got a great read on it and he uses it and it literally works for him. So I'm not going to take that away just because, well, we should reverse that. Well, why? You know what I mean? So, everybody's got their thing and that's just, that's just one situation. But I think we have to make sure that we, you know, every goalie has his own physical set of attributes. Like when I worked with, with Andre, Mark Andre Fleury, he's going to react to a puck between the hash marks. John Gibson, when I worked with him, he ain't going to do that. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. going to try to block it, you know, but that's okay. Cause that's, that's their physical set of attributes and that's what yeah. they do. Yeah. 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 And, and then regarding just, um, you know, in general, like uh, tying up this, uh, you know, developing a, a system and learning to deal with traffic. How important is it to deal with traffic, to learn how to deal with traffic at the next level? Just because, I mean, I'm a short guy and, and I knew that that was a huge part for me and what coaches look for. But maybe you can just detail to everybody because, if you know, at the beginning of the years, a lot of the kids that I, you know, that I work with, that I mentor, they're like, yeah, I just kind of went in through screen. Like I didn't really see it. So, you know, and, and so for the kids out there who kind of just like, yeah, it's it's whatever, you know, how important is it for you as a goalie coach to know that your goalie can fight through traffic and, and uh, work through traffic at the next level? Man, it's everything. Cause the days of coming out and just shooting a puck, those days are way gone by the time you hit that level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, then the goalies are too good. Like I haven't played a, I haven't played a game in hundred years, but if you go out and shoot <laughs> pucks from the top of the circles out further than that, I'm going to, I'm going to still, I think I could still have a chance. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, sure. but now you put traffic in front of that and it's just a whole different ball game. Sure. But, but, you know, everybody talks about, you know, goalies have came so far. Like if you look back in the day, you know, we had to worry about one attacker because no, they didn't really pass pucks laterally on us. Mm-hmm. They just didn't. Now we, and then uh, we were could staying up and we used all limb based. Then the helmet came in. Then they started throwing pucks sideways on us. And we got this real aggressive depth. And now we had to get deeper. If we got to get deeper, we have to mm-hmm. distribute our body differently. So the players have changed a lot too. And then they've gotten smarter. Like, I'm probably when you played too, they used to stand two feet in front of us and deflect the puck. Well, of course, we'd get 
close to their stick, butterfly, and yeah. it's an easy save, right? <laughs> and we, you guys are so dumb, you know what I mean? But they smartened up because now they're they're yeah, deflecting at six feet in front of us, and we're like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? That's a way no different. No matter what we do, we can't. Yeah. It's hard, right? Those are the hardest. Yeah, someone just gonna get someone just gonna deflect him, beat us with a good goal, and that's just how it goes. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I just know, like, uh, you know, from when I played, but huge, huge part for everybody listening, you know, if uh, it, it really can help you stand out above the crowd and, and wherever you are at the minor hockey levels, if you're able to really fight through traffic and find pucks and make saves that you shouldn't really, I guess, is a good way to put it, right? Yeah, and to be honest with this, I mean, just to be very honest with the situation, yeah. if you can't do that, you will not continue to play. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with that, too. I mean, it sounds mean, but, and I don't mean to be that way, but that's what those players are going to do to you. Like when you ask people from going to juniors to college, you're like, there's, there's never a shot that you really see all the way. Like it's very no. rare. You know what I mean? So, you're but the players are yourself to battle to find it, right? For like, sure. You got to battle for sightline, battle for sightline, battle for sightline. That's really what you're doing the whole day. So, yeah. Um, Cause they know they come and shoot a puck. You're going to stop those. That's no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I just remember I got to college. I remember like UMass. There's this guy in UMass. He was like, he must have been like six, eight. It was like the tallest guy I ever seen on skates. And I'm just like, this guy sits right in front of the net on the power play. I'm five seven on a good day, and I'm like, oh my god, right? And so it, it, it's a part of it, though, right? Like no matter what your size is, like you said, you figure it out, figure out a system that works for you and your size. But gotta find a way because you're gonna get to the NHL level. Uh, even the USHL level guys are smart there. They know where your, where your sight line is. They're looking over their shoulder. They're taking it away from you, all sorts of stuff. Right. Yeah. And if like, if they walk out the same side and you keep your head on that side and they shoot it to that same side, it's not usually a problem. So obviously yeah. when they shoot to the other side, so, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, it, it, the players have changed what they do a lot and they've gotten better with what they do. And it's amazing how many pucks just get deflected on the way to net on the way we have, we've had double deflections on the, like one player deflected it and they're saying another, another yeah. player on their team deflected it again. Yeah. So, I mean, they just know they have to do that to try to beat us. So, and the skill that take that and guys are ripping pucks, they just deflect them. It's like, and even if you make a soft pass, guys are batting it down with their stick and breaking out the other way. So the players have gotten so skilled and so good and so fast. We've had to really change what we do to keep up with them also. Yeah. Yeah. I, and obviously this, you know, you're, you're seeing it more, but you, the NHL level, you got guys they are like tipping pucks literally flat on the goal line and like they're still like finding a way into the cage. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they tip from the goal line, top shelf, bar down. You're like, <laughs> you're like how, do you, how do you even know, right? And it happens so often. You're like, it can't just be like fluke, obviously. <laughs> no, and how many times have you – they're batting them out of the air all the time too. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're skilled. I mean, I remember um, when I was in Johnstown, we were uh, – we, we told the uh, – we told the power play, we were penalty counts. They got, you get 10 chances. If you score two goals from us, we're buying lunch. <laughs> um, and man, you talk about something getting near the coast, making 300 bucks a week, man. You talk about something getting serious with the quickness. That <laughs> guy's. <laughs> You're like, okay, let's go. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and first shot guy falls down and hits off the back of his helmet and goes in the net. I'm like, this is not a good start. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, this is not a good start. Oh and, my goodness. But my point to that is, you know, and even, even during that time, I mean, guys are just, you know, deflecting pucks in, but they stood close to us still kind of now they're farther yeah. away and it really makes a big deal, but you yeah. got to be able to deal with traffic and that's just one of the things you got to be able to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, regarding all your work with your goaltenders and, and you've brought up a, a crazy amount of, of uh, incredible goalies that you work with, but, you know, maybe we can dive into Carter Hart a bit, you know, obviously he's, going through a little bit of a rough patch right now, but amazing goalie. And and to be honest, I don't think this will phase him much. It's Carey Price went through it. Marc-Andre Fleury went through it. It's kind of like that, that sophomore slump almost a bit. Right. But regarding him, you know, uh, and, and I don't think that because he had a few bad games or he's having a, like a mediocre year, you can just discredit his entire career. The goal, he's incredible, incredible goaltender. So maybe you can just detail some things about Carter Hart that you think he possesses that allow him to be so elite that that separates him from everybody else. All right. We're going back to skating again, of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I just think he's ever since I've known him. So I went to Philly, I've been to Philly probably 15 times. I'll probably go every other month up there to see. Nice. Him. Um, but you know, talking about, you know, people talking about like, I would challenge any kid if you're really serious about moving on and you're 15 or older, Let's say you put your phone down an hour before you go to bed and stretch 
and then yeah. get ready just to go to sleep. There's no yeah. chance they're doing it. He does. Like an yeah, hour before yeah, he goes yeah. to bed, he puts his phone down because if you look at the light, it helps keep you up at night. He's yeah. not doing that. So he puts it down. He's got a stretching routine that he goes through and then he goes to bed. Uh, so discipline is what you're saying. Discipline. Yeah. And just, you know, buying in all the way. And yeah. Um, but even, you know, eating right and all that kind of eating. And he knows how he's got, the, you know, they got all these things. That, I mean, he knows if he worked out how many calories he burned, how much sleep he has to get that night to be recovered for the next day. Mm. They got details, the, right? Yeah, it's all that stuff. So he's like, well, I'm going to go to bed. See, I did this today. And he looks, it's a thing on his phone. I need to get nine hours of sleep tonight. So I'm going to go to bed at this time. And that's what yeah. he does. So, um, but yeah, I think the, the flyers, um, it's crazy because last year, like, you know, nine months ago or whenever it was, he finished the playoffs with a nine. Oh yeah. He was one of the best points. goalies in the playoffs. So I thought yeah. he was going to go to the finals. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, but it just goes to show you no matter what level you are, who you are, you're going to go through tough times and not so tough yeah. times, but he will bounce back from this. I still think he's going to be one of the better goalies in the league. I, I love him as a person, right. as a human being, and as a kid and a goalie. And, um, you know, I, I just, it, it just, no matter who you are, you're going to go through some of this stuff. And I think a little bit's team play, a little bit's maybe fundamentals, a little bit's this, a little bit of that, who knows, but yeah. I, I think they'll get it straightened out. Yeah. And, and, and something you said, just touching on details, you know, I think nowadays there's so much information out there. You got the internet, like there's so many easy ways to like learn skill development, learn how to do this RVH, this, that everybody kind of has the skills like these days, you know what I mean? All the way down, even to like the minor hockey levels. It's, it's really those little things that uh, the margin of error of, you know, uh, you're, you're trying to get, let's say even, you know, trying to get a division one scholarship, you know, they're looking at 10 goalies on the list. Those 10 goalies are probably going to be pretty close together in terms of their skill level and stuff like that. So you got to be asking yourself, you know, what am I doing that puts me in that 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 one percent of goalies that nobody else is doing? Because everybody's doing extra work. Right. Everybody's, you know, uh, saying they're working hard, going to practice and all, all these things, developing skill. I have good skating, you know, this, this, that, this, that. Right. Yeah. And it really comes down to like little things like that with discipline of just you know, what, what I, what I, what, what is referred to as like the compound effect. Have you ever heard that before? Enlighten me on that. Yeah. So the compound effect is basically, you know, instead of doing a, a lot like less often, you do a little bit often and it compounds over long periods of time. Right. Yeah. So instead of trying to do, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to go out there and, and meditate and, and, you know, and I, and I say this for, for anything, for any kind of like, any development that you haven't started yet, you start small, right? You do one, do one, do two, do three, do five, you know, two, three minutes of visualization, right? Little things like this, but you don't have to do them every day of the week, right? You know, you say Carter Hart has this routine every, every hour of the day. And, and yeah, like that, that is these kind this kind of discipline things are what separate him. Right. But in terms of the compound effect for a lot of people that have a hard time, maybe getting on starting on something like that. Cause obviously that wasn't something that came to him overnight. It was something he developed over his whole career, right? You brought a great point. Yeah. You, the biggest thing is just get started. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's a great point. And look, you know, that's his job. That's what he gets paid to do. So yeah. if you're a if you're a kid in high school, can you do all that? Because sometimes you you got to get homework done, you know, at 10 o'clock at night because you had hockey practice and you went and worked out. Like, yeah. so you, you're right. You have, but, you know, you know, just get it in when you can get it in. And I think that's 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 a great point that you just brought up. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, love the compound effect. You know, it's, uh, it's just a good little concept, a little, a little hack for people to be honest that you don't need to, you don't need to, to make leaps overnight, you know? And, and, um, you know, when I was younger too, like I was very, very small, you know what I mean? Like when I was like 14, 15, I was only like five, three, you know? And I just knew that, Hey, if I just focus on the details for longer, eventually I can, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go further. I'm going to outlast these guys, right? Eventually they're going to have to stop pucks. Eventually they're going to be in the spotlight and they can't hide. Right. And, and, you know, everybody's careers obviously play out as they did. And, um, you know, it, it really is the goaltending game is, is in the reason I bring up this concept of that compound effect is because goaltending is, is really, really much more a marathon than a sprint to become an elite goaltender. takes a significant amount of time. Uh, like, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, and it's just time. Like, if you can't butterfly slide the right very well, well, guess what? If you go do that 20 times in practice and you do that in like five months, that one after that one practice, is it going to be better? Yeah, a little bit. 
But if you continue to do that, yes. you know, after, after now we've done that for six months, I guarantee it's going to look way different. So yeah. you're right, but you have to get started and you have to have to work on things. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, and this is, this is the stuff people live for. If you could share two hacks with us that, that you implement with your goaltenders, that's helped them stay ahead of the competition, like get an edge in their training on or off the ice and, and has helped them, you know, find success. You know, what would those two things be? That's a great question. But to me, I wouldn't say it's a hack. Like it, it, like honestly, man, don't be a pretender. Yeah. You know, go get it done. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Don't talk about it all day. No one cares. Go get it done. Yeah. And I think it boils down to discipline. Like, don't tell me you're going to go eat right. Go eat right. Don't tell me you're going to work out hard. Go work out hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and you know, as much as I do from what you've been around and coaching your kids, like they're now, if you're 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, this really doesn't pertain to you. I want you to have go have fun. Yeah. Go play the go, go play the game. Go eat pizza. Go eat some ice cream. Go hang out <laughs> with your buddies. And life is great. You know yeah. what I mean? But if you're getting older and you really want to try to get to the USHL and you're, you know, you 16 or above, you know, and you're really trying to move on, then you know, you gotta you gotta manage your life. And and that's that comes a lot. You know, there's obviously school that comes in there, there's a lot of yeah. stuff, but but just really going and, and being productive and winning that day. And I wouldn't say that it's one thing to me. I, I think it's discipline. You mentioned that word. I love that word, but for them, you know, you know, you have, but there's a balance to get that. If your buddies are going to go, you know, shoot some hoops one day and you mm-hmm. miss one, one workout of the whole summer, ain't going to kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think you have to, or your family goes on a vacation. You're fine. Go enjoy your vacation. But I think the one thing that I would say is, just when it's, you got to get after it because you're trying to be less than 1%. If you play, you know, even if you play division three college hockey or division one, I, I think it's 7% of kids that get to do that. That's a very yeah. low number, a very low number. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, and, you know, just touching on that, you know, bringing it to the rink every day, you know, uh, just having played for a long time too, you know, people watch you, you know what I mean? How, how much you bring it every day. Those coaches watch you, the people that you think that, you know, might not matter. Eventually one day, somebody's going to go back and ask them what kind of kid you are, you know? And, and those, those kind of things define your, your reputation showing up every day and, and, you know, getting the results, even, even in practice, whatever it is, right. Rather than just saying, Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to do that. And thinking your way to the top, if that was it, everybody, I think everybody would, would be in the NHL, right. Which it's not sure. the case, obviously. Right. So. Yeah. And then the other, the other thing I my next hack is, is go practice with a purpose. Mm. Don't deliberate. Go out, yeah, be deliberate, man. Like that's exactly it. So I'm sure you played like, let's say I'm working on just getting my feet set. So when I, when I say get set to me, like let's say I'm T pushing and I stop on my right foot. Okay. Well, I need to get my weight on my left foot and I need to get my weight balanced. I call mm. that, I just call that getting organized. Mm. I can't, you know what I mean? Stop, get, get set, get organized. Mm. So if that's your deal. Well, when you go out to practice that day, then go work on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Literally just, and I, I think sometimes I tell my guys like, cause I go in once a month, I could probably throw, I used to, when I was first in everything, I mean, I threw 6,000 things in everybody and it didn't work. You know what I mean? So, Hey, today we're going to work on getting organized. We're going to work on head checks and we're going to work on have our hands in front. That's what we're going to mm-hmm. do today. That's it. Mm-hmm. So I think going out and practice with a purpose is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Being deliberate. And then, uh, and I say this to my guys too, like there's, this is all the bells and whistles that everybody wants to learn, but catch what, catch one rabbit first. Once you catch that one, then you go catch the other one, right. In terms of like skill <laughs> development, right. For sure. But remember, if you think about it, if you get better, you know, two things a week, that's eight things a month. I mean, it, it adds yes. up and it gets better quick. And then sometimes you get away from those things and have to go back. But if, if I could tell you you're going to get better eight goalie things in one month, you'd be fired up. You know what I mean? Well, you can <laughs> if you go do those things. Well, is this, is there's a saying like we overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do in a year. That is, that is one of the most true statements I've ever heard. Yes. <laughs> you, 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 this first time you're hearing that. <laughs> yes. I love that. I'm going to definitely, I'm going to steal that from you. I'm just telling you. Right now. <laughs> I, I, I don't worry. It wasn't me. You, you can just, you know, you can say you found it on the internet. All good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shane, uh, uh, do you have any last words of advice for everyone uh, listening that you feel passionate about sharing? No, I, I think, uh, my biggest thing is that we all started playing this game because it was fun. So, and, and I'm talking, you know, to me, 
I'm, I'm the one here talking about being serious all the time. Well, you should see me on the ice. Like if I'm not laughing and joking and we're not having a good time on that, we're going to work hard, but yeah, you, but there's, you can, you can do both. So you don't have to, you, you can do both. That's my biggest sure. thing. So go out enjoy the game, work your butt off and whatever happens is going to happen. And I mean, the kids now that are playing are not going to be the ones that are coaching, you know, those kids later when we're not coaching yeah. anymore. So I, I think, I think only in the United States is going in a great direction. And I, I just think, you know, work at it, but don't forget the reason you started this game was to have fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, coach Clifford, uh, thank you for coming on the show, buddy. I always uh, love getting coaches who've, you know, who've had just such a long t uh, tenure at the next level. And I know today we'll just obviously provide a ton of insight uh, on what it really takes to not just make it there, but, but find success when you get to the next level. So can you just let people know where they can get in touch with you online? Yeah. I have a Shane Clifford goalie school page. Uh, my number's on that. If you want to call me, um, we do camps, clinics. We literally do anything goaltending wise that you want. Um, we have guys that do goalie specific workouts. We have, we have everything. So, um, and I don't do it in the, the workouts and yeah. the sports psychology and stuff. I don't, I don't do those things. That's not, that's not what I do, but, um, yeah. I'm very lucky to be doing this. I'm very humble. I really think that I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, by the way. So there's not many people that even heard of hockey in Cincinnati, Ohio, yeah. but, <laughs> but, um, I, I really feel that, you know, I, I've beat life for sure because the reason I, because I love my job and I have the greatest job ever and I really yeah. I've beat life so I feel very fortunate to to get to do what I've done. Yeah, well, well, go check out Shane Clifford and and all the links will be available in the show notes after if anyone wants to go check out Shane his work and uh, the success him and his goalies ha have been able to have at the next level for for so long now. But uh, maybe somewhere down the road we'll have you back on the show, man, if that's something that interests you. I'd love to, man. I appreciate you doing this. It's nice to talk to a goalie guy when you do this. You know what I mean? Because you, know, you talk, <laughs> talk to somebody, hey, what are you doing? We're doing T-glides and rotations. Like, what? You know what I mean? So it's nice, to, it's nice that you're yeah. the one doing this. It's great, actually. It's awesome. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, grassroots guy. I've been playing goalie. I'm 28. I've been playing for 24 years. So uh have a lot of fun doing the program. And blast having you on, man. I'm grateful for you coming on. And Good luck as we roll into the spring here and, and take care, stay safe, and we'll chat soon, buddy. All the best, man. Take care of yourself. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. And make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. As next week, I have another incredible goaltending coach coming on the show Brian Ecklin, uh, the development coach for the New Jersey Devils AHL team. And Brian has been the goalie coach at NCAA D1's Harvard and Boston University before recently heading to the New Jersey Devils this year. And really excited to dive into some college and pro development with you guys, so make sure to tune back next week. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the Goalie Hacks podcast. And just as a note here, if you enter into this giveaway, even if you don't win uh, we select four winners a month, and, and that includes books, uh, different products, training products, uh, neurotracker subscriptions. We give away all sorts of things. We pick four people a month. And even if you don't win uh, one month, you're always entered into uh, the, the, future, the future giveaway. So to enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week.